episode 10, Million Dollar Agent, Tom Panos, John McGrath. Hi, John. How are you going? Hey, Tommy. Good to see you. You too. Uh, We've changed yeah. places. We're sitting down now at the couch. Yeah, this feels uh, this feels a lot more comfortable. I mean, I feel like we've just had this five or six days off, and for all of a sudden, I feel like this is just a continuation of that holiday. So, did you have a good long weekend, Joe? Yeah, no, it was really good. It's really it's one of those funny things. Uh, you get to sort of Monday, and it feels like Sunday, and Friday feels like Saturday, and whatever. Yeah, your head goes a bit crazy for a minute, but it's always nice to get a little mini break, as I call them. So. That was good. Yeah, well, I think uh, this is it. Everyone's back on track now. I mean, like, even the people that decided to take the whole month off, uh, they're back. They've got their kids go back to school in the next couple of days. They're back at work. So it's full systems go. And uh, today, John, I thought we'd uh, talk about one of the things that keeps coming up in the questions that people pop on social media to me, and that is... uh, the art of having a, a crucial conversation or the art of having uh, a conversation that gets vendors to accept the reality of the marketplace. Yeah. It's an important skill, isn't it, John? Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I'd love to start by just defining perhaps what, because not everyone will be familiar with the term crucial conversation. Uh, for me, a crucial conversation is is one of those conversations that is, is either going to make a progress and shift things forward or not. So it could be in a listing could be a discussion around price during a sale. It could be a negotiation with a buyer. Um, so it could be dealing with buyers or sellers or almost anyone. I mean, we all have them in our own lives too, in personal lives and so forth. But if you think about it, most of the stuff you chatted about day in, day out is probably not, to be honest, crucial. We have a lot of pleasant conversations and chat and, and filler conversations. But there are times it comes, okay, now, we have an offer. We've had the home on the market for three weeks you're at a point now where you need yourself to be heard and you need your advice to be followed. So that's where I think we're going to focus on today is crucial conversations. Okay, so one of the things you're saying is uh, let's eliminate what a crucial conversation isn't. And a lot of people automatically, when we would have used that term just then and people are driving, they're thinking crunching, they're thinking conditioning, yeah. Yeah. they're thinking hit the vendor hard. And in fact, that's not what we refer to and that's not what it should be. Well, I, I hate the thought of the concept of crunching because it's just a horrible connotation and it and it feels and, and in many instances is not in the best interest of the client and the crunching often happens because someone's told a white lie several weeks before and they weren't straight so now they've got to sort of re-manipulate the vendor like a chiropractor back to the reality and the truth of the situation so I'm sure in a minute we'll say we'll probably talk about you know how we have to set up crucial conversations from the get-go but it's not conditioning. I hate the word. It's not crunching. I hate the concept. Um, I don't think you need to be any of those things. I think you can be a clean businessman with integrity and doing a great job on behalf of the vendor, but still there is a requirement to have crucial conversations from time to time. And if you're a high-volume agent, that could be several times a day. If you're a low-volume agent, it's probably several times a week. Okay, so one of the things, starting with what John defined at the start, it's essentially a solution focus. It's essentially about taking someone that might be stuck to unstuck. It's a go-forward plan. Yeah. It's not to uh, hurt uh, anyone. It's to actually help them move forward. Well, exactly right. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, most people want, and, and deservedly so, to get the maximum amount possible for a property. Let's put this in the context of uh, talking to a vendor about an offer on their property that, in your view, and based on all the feedback you've had, is a very good offer that should be accepted. That would be a, a very easy to understand definition of a crucial conversation. 
However, at the beginning of that conversation, it may well be that your vendor is still expecting a bit more and hoping for a bit more and, and wondering should they take this or not. It's how you phrase and how you put that concept to them. A, a master salesperson, and she, I'm, I'm going on the basis, Tom, that all of these are in the best interest of the vendor. This is not about how can I earn a commission. This is about, this is a great offer. You have feedback and evidence to suggest that, but the vendor is still not quite there on the page. So that's where I think, you know, the master of a salesperson um, comes into it because you've just got to shift this over the line because most people don't like making decisions. Why? It's a risk. If it's wrong, they might feel bad about it after the event. So keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So crucial conversation, as you said before, very appropriately, moves things forward. Okay, so John, so we can make sure that people, as they're driving along or if they're going for a walk or at the gym, are taking away nuggets of implementable stuff. What do you say to the agent that's listening to this who's generally a people pleaser, that likes people, that likes getting results and likes having a good relationship with vendors, but's got a vendor that needs to have this conversation? Why do agents avoid having them? What's, what's your, your opinion? Well, I, look, I think you said it really well, Tom, there, that people pleasers, most salespeople are people pleasers. We all want to be liked and loved. We want to hand out lots and lots of good news all the time and have people high-five us. Okay, that's, that's in an ideal world. But we all know that you know, things need to be pushed forward and not everyone wants to immediately accept what their property is worth. So I think you need to detach yourself from that need to be liked all the time. I think you want to be respected all the time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, it's like with a buyer. The buyer wants to buy the $900,000 home for eight fifty the seller wants to get 920. Well, you can't actually often please both parties, but you need to bring them together at a price that actually they both have a preparedness to accept and do business and maximise it for the vendor. Obviously, that's who you're paid by. So I think it's really, it's really critical to unhook yourself from that, what I've called in the past an exaggerated need to be liked. There's no problem with wanting to be liked, but some people almost need it like a drug. And if you're in that state, you're not going to be able to sit down and say, Tom, we need to do business. Let me take you through the scenarios. Let me take you through all the feedback to date. I'm recommending we make this decision here today and move forward. Even if it's kind of, you know, the vendor is not delighted with it, but they're prepared for it. But as we said before in the, in the preamble, Tom, I think, you know, the, the crucial conversations get easier if you pre-frame them up front. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means you've got to be honest with people up front. If you're one of these agents that has that unfortunate habit of telling people whatever they want to hear about price when you list it, hoping that somewhere down the track either a miracle will occur or your condition, in inverted commas, the vendor down, that's a really bad strategy in my opinion. I think you've got to be open, honest, transparent and back up your recommendations with facts and figures. Then going forward, you've got to be a devotee of feedback. You've got to people. When I was listing properties, I was giving people calls two, three, four times a day Every time I had a call, I got a piece of information, I heard something new that's relevant to them, I'd get on the phone and tell them. By the time I got what I felt was a strong offer and an offer that should be accepted, A is, we were on the same page, the vendor and I, because I never inflated the value up front. I always told them the truth. So if we were ever on the different page, it was normally because I got a better offer, not because I got a worse offer. Um, so that was really important. So the frequency with which we communicated was critical, the integrity with which we dealt with every step of the way. And the third thing was I had meetings and I took them through different scenarios and I said, Tom, one thing I can guarantee you now 
is you and I don't know what this property is worth. You have a figure you'd like to get, I've given you some comparables that suggest a certain range, the buyers will have their own view about what it's worth, but going forward we need to put all that together into a computer and come out with the right price so you accept it and you can move forward. Because the goal of you speaking to me and engaging me is so you can move forward and get a new home or sell this one. So I think I set it up really well so people kind of get. And I say, you know, one of the best roles I can play for you, Tom, in this process is not just be your salesperson and, and sell all the benefits and features of your house. I will be doing that, guaranteed. But what I've also got to do is I have to let you know the feedback and the comments of every single person that comes through the home. So you can make a value judgment so when the offers start coming in, you can, alongside me, work out if they're the right offer or not. Okay, John, when, when do you recommend that people start having that pre-framing conversation? Day one. Day one. So day one is the day you're signing it up? Either that day, literally. I mean, I think, you know, at the end of um, that, that's a, that's a good time to have it. If you don't have the time, I'd come back I'd do it straight when you're getting the photographs proofed. I'd do it the next day, set up a business meeting. You might say, Tom, look, it's getting a bit late. I know you've been very kind. It's now 8.30 at night. I'm sure you're tired. I'd love to pop in the next couple of days because now I want to actually talk you through everything that's going to happen as the sale unfolds because there's a lot of moving parts in a sale and I just want you to be prepared. And that's when you know, we often call it a set-to-sell meeting, which means we, we let them know all the different scenarios and things that are likely to happen or could happen from here on in. So we have a discussion about that. Because sometimes, guess what? The best offer is the first offer. So I don't want to wait until I get an offer from the first person through to have that conversation. I want to say to the owner, Tom, I don't know if the best offer will be the first buyer or the hundredth buyer. But if it is the first buyer, we do need to listen to it because some vendors make the mistake. They have a perception that, well, if the first buyer offers 800,000, surely if I keep going, I'll get 900. Well, sometimes at auction, you get 750. Um, so we don't know when the best offer is going to come. So I have those conversations with the vendor and I also talk to them about, I will tell you everything that I hear about the property. I believe it's in your interest to hear the unfiltered, non-sugar-coated, if you like, version of what the buyers are saying. Because I could sit here and say, oh, everyone loves your home. And if I were you, I'd say, well, John, you've had 60 groups through and no offers. Everyone can't have loved my home that much. Yeah. That's what a sensible, intelligent vendor would be asking or saying. So it's definitely, there is never too late, it's never too early, sorry, to actually ask that question of, can I take you through the information? Okay. So John, a lot of the times you hear the term go ugly early, mm. which in many ways uh, is misconstrued, but it's essentially saying, uh, tell people what they need to know early. Don't leave it hanging and hanging. And what you're saying there is um, don't wait for two weeks to tell people that they're going to get potentially their best offer up front. And then when you get it, they're going to think, oh, well, that's part of his, his, his story. That's why he's actually just uh, told us. What you're saying is use, and the term that you use is set to sell. And in that set to sell, you're covering information such as what you've just said, which includes that you're going to get an early offer. That might be a great offer. I may get an early offer, yeah. I may get an early uh, offer, yeah. The second thing is that um, I'm going to have to give you feedback. And some of that feedback may not be what you want to hear, but what you need to hear, because all I'm doing is my job and letting you know. And uh, John, as I'm talking to you now, I'm just curious, what do you say to a vendor every day? I mean... Um, Often they're one minute phone calls. So it'll be, hey Tom, just wanted to have a quick update. 
Uh, I had an inquiry last night on your home, a couple from interstate, I talked them through it, they rang off the internet. It's probably not for them because they're looking for XYZ and I know we can't offer that with your property. But I've encouraged them to come when they're up in Sydney. I've sent them a floor plan. So I'm just keeping people in the loop of, if you're doing your right job, I mean, I have vendor paid marketing on virtually every job that I do. Very rarely I would take a listing that's not promoted, occasionally, but normally not. So that means that there should be pretty much, especially with the internet nowadays as well as print, there's, a, there's always something happening with your property. There's inquiries, there's a home down the road selling that's relevant they need to hear about. There's a whole range of things. So every single day. Now, as the deal hots up and negotiations start, that once a day could be four times a day. And that on the phone could end up being face-to-face. I mean, I pick and choose email, phone, face-to-face for different uh, purposes. You know, if I'm negotiating an offer, 99 out of 100 is face-to-face because I think it's such an important issue and it's certainly worthy of my investment of time and the client's investment of time to get there in the same room. Um, if I'm just giving people daily feedback, well, phone call and, and or email is fine as well. So I think you've got to blend your, your uh, combination of communication to make sure that it's efficient and effective. Okay, so John, a crucial conversation, the delivery method, um, the most powerful, what you're saying is face-to-face, telephone also, um, email, Email can SMS. be best. Yeah, I think, you know, there's different, it's horses for courses. Um, if I want to send a kind of a detailed, unemotional uh, summary of a conversation I've had with a vendor, that'll often happen via email. I will rarely, usually, probably never give them information firsthand on an email that I haven't spoken through with them. Uh, if someone's in a different time zone or something and, and you want them to sort of get up, read this, and then you're going to call them in six hours, that might be different. But I think it's, it's nothing like that face-to-face. It's, that's where deals are done. When we're in the same room and we're eyeballing each other and we're talking through the deal, that's when most, most deals happen. Okay, so uh, in summary, John, going through this, uh, the things that I'm taking out that are just clear distinctions is uh, feel like you're helping the vendor. Maybe the word should not be crucial conversation, go forward conversation. Yeah. That um, you're saying that in many ways you can only have this conversation if there's been honest and authenticity from day one at the listing presentation? Yeah, start, start with integrity or otherwise it's just a hard road from there on in. Well if you use the example of the 850 and 920 um, seller and buyer but you've been the agent that went in there and said to them we're going to get you over a million don't worry about it I think it's pretty difficult actually being a stakeholder in that conversation then and trying to actually have integrity in that conversation well, and your life becomes hell Tom because every conversation you have is kind of what what the wrong agents call conditioning and it's like I don't want to live that life I mean life's too short and I want to be having real conversations with people that I respect and I like doing business with on a daily basis I was coaching my team this morning and one of them referred to what we're talking about as hard conversations and I said well I want you to reframe that because they're not always hard you just need to you, you're just you're letting them know the information that's relevant to them that they need to that they need to hear um, so that would be my view is you shouldn't see it as hard. It certainly shouldn't be ever seen as conditioning because that's got a negative connotation to it. Start with integrity, with frequency and, and, and uh, information that's, that's valid. Keep them abreast. And then these conversations become easy. I mean, I rarely was driving to a, a meeting or a conversation that I was dreading 
because nine out of ten they kind of expected what was happening because I'd kept them excellently updated throughout the selling process. So if you do that, it's it's not hard. It's when they get surprised. It's when you've told them a million and you're driving over to present them an offer of eight twenty. That's when you've got a problem. That's when you're kind of in your gut, feeling not so happy. Um, but I, I rarely had those confrontations because if you deal with integrity and then you follow that through with with unfiltered daily communication, there are no surprises. Yeah. Okay, John, it's been great uh, having this conversation. I think sometimes one of the most crucial conversations uh, agents need to have is with themselves too, isn't it, John? Um, Critical. Um, so thank you so much. We want to thank everyone for their support. Uh, we're getting, you know, 10 or so thousand download, uh, downloads per podcast. And, John, I've had quite a few uh, uh, agents via social media ask for things. Um, I have got, uh, under Million Dollar Agent on my website, a template for goal setting, for setting goals for the next year, uh, next 12 months for the agents. A lot of them have asked for it, so it's on there under Free Success Tools or Million Dollar Agent on my website, tompanos.com.au. Um, until next week, John, um, have a great week. I'll see you then. See ya.